Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number four of In the Crowd Podcast. My name's Tyler Vanderloo. As always, thanks for tuning in, subscribing, liking, leaving a review, all that good stuff. On today's pod, we have Ray Cole. Ray is a native Iowan. He's actually from Kingsley, Iowa. This man has gone on to do some wonderful things in his life, including being on the board of governors of ABC Television Network. We touched on all sorts of things from visiting ESPN once a year or more, or the ESPY Awards, which he's involved in, the Jimmy V Foundation, which he's involved in as well. Also, the Coaches versus Cancer Gala that is coming up on July 8th here in the great state of Iowa, where all four Division I men's basketball coaches get together and raise money for cancer research. It's a wonderful event this year. Um, it's not totally sidelined because of COVID-19. It is a virtual event, which Ray will be involved in, and as well as Holly Rowe from ESPN. He tells a lot of wonderful stories about the ESPY Awards and how he's involved in that. This is a special episode, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the stories of Ray Cole. Let's go. With us now is Ray Cole. You can follow him on Twitter at, at Ray Cole TV. I appreciate you coming with us today. Oh, it's a pleasure, Tyler. The Vanderloo uh, family is one that I've known for 30 years. Uh, loved your grandfather, Rich, and, uh, and, uh, and the rest of your family I've gotten to know. And then when you married into that John Walters family, uh, that was icing on the cake. So it's good to be with you. <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate the kind words. Thank you very much. I, uh, I wanted to have you on because you're, you're somebody that I followed on Twitter and gotten to know over the last, I don't know how many years, you know, five to six, seven years, somewhere in there. And I find it interesting. It's almost every single day you're tweeting out something that I find, you know, just fascinating with people that you either work with or been around or, you know, experiences that you've had. So I thought you would be an awesome get. And I know that your involvement with the Coaches versus Cancer Gala that's normally in Des Moines around this time of year um, that raises money to find a cure for cancer, which basically is the only time you'll ever see all four Division I men's basketball coaches in our state together in one room. It's pretty fascinating, like I said, and talk a little about your involvement with that. Yes, I've had the, the pleasure to be involved with Coaches versus Cancer uh, through the years, attending many galas in years past. Uh, I'm not a superstitious guy, but maybe it's prophetic that this was the 13th annual Coaches versus Gala uh, here in Iowa, and it had to be postponed. It's typically held uh, in May around the Kentucky Derby, uh, and with COVID-19, it was postponed. And just in the last few weeks, it was decided that uh, this was not a year where an in-person gala could be held. So uh, the organizers are doing the next best thing. They're uh, moving it to a virtual event. Uh, it'll be held uh, starting at 6.45 p.m. Uh, on the evening of Wednesday, July 8th. And as you said, Tyler, uh, it'll be a lot of fun. I've, I have the, the privilege and pleasure this year of serving as the MC, uh, so I'll have the opportunity to, to host a panel uh, with the four coaches that you described. Uh, we have Darren DeVries from Drake and Ben Jacobson from Northern Iowa, Fran McCaffrey from Iowa, and Steve Brome 
uh, from Iowa State. And so for fans of those programs and just fans of basketball in general, uh, it's a special, unique opportunity to see those four coaches together. Uh, and again, my great uh, privilege to, to be able to talk to the four of them uh, through a panel discussion that will probably last about 20 to 25 minutes that night. And again, I know that we're in a virtual setting this year, but like I mentioned before, it's the only time you'll ever get these four coaches together in one spot. And I'm sure there's a little heckling going on, maybe a little banter back and forth, but it's all in good fun. Yeah, it's always it, it's always a fun uh, occasion for the four of them to um, to discuss some things that uh, can be a little serious in nature, but. Uh, also to have the opportunity to maybe, uh, as you described it, needle each other a little bit. Um, and uh, the camaraderie that they, uh, that they show when they get together is amazing. Um, their wives uh, are also deeply involved uh, in, in the program every year. Um, and for those four couples to take the time away from their summers. Now, their summers are a little less busy than normal. I talked to Coach Prome yesterday and uh, he said he can't remember the last year he went through a summer without working basketball camps. Um, and he's got a birthday coming up in July, and he told me it may be the first time that he's going to be actually home to celebrate his July birthday with his wife, Katie. So while the coaches aren't as busy as they would normally be uh, in a summer, uh, they're still busy and taking a, a time out of their uh, schedules and away from their families uh, to be a part of this event. Um, is, I think, uh, something that we should applaud. Um, and uh, to be able to support the mission of the American Cancer Society and the work that they do um, is really important stuff. So good for the coaches, and we look forward to a fun gala on July 8th. No, absolutely. How about you sat on the Board of Governors for ABC Television Network for 15 years from 2004 to 2019, the listeners are probably wondering the same thing I am. Exactly what is that entitled? And, you know, the people that you've worked with um, along, the, along the way has got to be pretty prestigious. Well, all of the what we call the big four networks, uh, CBS, NBC, Fox, and, and ABC in my case, uh, are comprised of a network of affiliated stations. Uh, ABC has just over 200 uh, primary affiliates across the country, uh, like KCAU right there in Sioux City. And uh, the Affiliates Association elects uh, a board of governors, uh, as you pointed out, uh, that I had the pleasure of serving on for 15 years. Uh, the reason my um, length of service was as long as it was is because I had the opportunity to serve as the chairman of that board of governors from 2006 to 2008. Um, I actually was the longest serving uh, chairman in the board's history, and it had to do with some unique circumstances. I stepped in early uh, because the prior chairman was directly impacted by Hurricane Katrina, both at his home and at his station in Biloxi, Mississippi. So I stepped in early, and then on the backside in 2008, my uh, term uh, stretched on because of a writer's strike that took place in the summer of uh, spring summer of 2008. So it was a long run, uh, and I was asked to stay on in an emeritus capacity uh, after uh, my, my chairmanship ended in 2008. So enjoyable service. What the Board of Governors does is it serves uh, in, a, in an advisory capacity and works uh, with representative, you know, the top executives who represent the network on that uh, uh, at meetings that the board holds. And we delve into uh, 
programming issues, as you would expect, news issues, a lot of business issues, more important than ever these days, um, as, as the economic model uh, that uh, fuels the network affiliate partnership uh, it changes with the, the, the way people watch and receive television programming these days. Uh, but as you pointed out, it also involves a lot of sports. Uh, I was actually chairman of the ABC board uh, when the decision was made by ABC's parent company, Disney, to essentially do away, do away with the ABC sports brand. Uh, obviously, ESPN was well established by that point. Uh, the CEO of Disney, Bob Iger, uh, and George Bodenheimer, who ran ESPN, believed that there should only be one sports brand, and, and uh, the worldwide leader was recognized as the uh, number one sports brand in the world at that time. Uh, and still is today, for that matter. Um, and so uh, we had to navigate the transition away from uh, ABC Sports uh, to one where the programming that does appear on the ABC network appears under the banner of ESPN on ABC. And that's obviously college football. Uh, it was NASCAR for a period of time. Uh, NBA basketball uh, is a big part of the ABC-ESPN partnership uh, and other special programming uh, like the ESPYs, uh, which uh, this year did not appear because of COVID-19 and unique circumstances did not appear on ABC, but most years uh, of late it has. And, um, and so it's a, it, it was, a, it was a, a, a gratifying experience for me to be sure uh, to, to be involved on that board as I was uh, through 2019. Uh, we sold our last ABC stations uh, last year uh, uh, in Lincoln, Nebraska, and Providence, Rhode Island. We had sold our other stations, including KCAU in Sioux City and WI in Des Moines. We sold those in 2013. So I stepped away in 2019. I miss it. Um, as I said, it was gratifying. It was uh, uh, an opportunity to forge some great, great, uh, not just uh, industry part, uh, relationships, but friendships along the way. You mentioned ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut. What's that campus like there? I've never been there before. It, it's something that I've, you know, bucket list thing. I don't even know sure if it's even open to the public or not, but what is that ESPN camp like? Yeah, it's, Chance, your first point, one point in there is it's not open to the public. It is a massive, sprawling campus that has grown throughout the years where they've added uh, buildings, office buildings, and studios uh, as ESPN has grown. Uh, the founder of ESPN is a gentleman by the name of Bill Rasmussen, uh, and um, I had the opportunity to work with Bill after he sold off his interest uh, in uh, in ESPN. Uh, one of the things he did was uh, he took on a role um, as an advisor to to both the University of Iowa and the Big Ten Conference, and I worked with him uh, on the Iowa uh, television network years ago and got to know Bill and to hear him talk uh, about the early years of ESPN where it struggled and it was a small fledgling enterprise and to see how it's grown today uh, under Disney's ownership is remarkable. I have the, have the opportunity to, to visit Bristol on a, uh, at least once a year basis for different reasons. I've uh, my, my involvement with the V Foundation through the years uh, has resulted in me sitting down and interviewing people like um, Chris Berman and uh, Mike Greenberg, uh, the, the person who heads up ESPN corporate citizenship. We did an interview with him. Um, uh, Kevin Nagandi, a terrific uh, young uh, sports center anchor, 
uh, who um, serves as the MC for the Dick Vitale Gala every year, uh, and others. So, uh, and then I've had some meetings there uh, with George Bodenheimer when he was still uh, the uh, uh, chairman and CEO of ESPN. Um, and, it, and it's always fun. It's uh, it's uh, it's a remarkable, uh, as I said, campus. That's the only way I can describe it. Uh, it's not an office park. It's 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 different than that. Um, and uh, and it's a, it's a special place uh, to spend time, and I look forward to it every time I do. Yeah, it's almost kind of like a like a college campus. It's really what it looks like on TV or you know TV or the internet. Whenever I'm looking at it, there. You also t- uh, hit on the SB Awards, and I know that it was just last Sunday um, in in a virtual setting again. But you got to attend countless number of uh, SB Awards there in Los Angeles. Talk about what that night means in, again, raising money for cancer research and, and, and with the V Foundation as well. Yeah, you know, the I think that this year, uh, because of COVID-19, it was moved from its traditional slot in July. For years, the ESPYs has always been held on the Wednesday after the Major League Baseball All-Star Game because that is the slowest day in sports. Uh, it seems like every year. And so uh, that's the normal scheduling uh, in front of a big live audience. Uh, the first few ESPYs were held in New York, and then one or two were held in Las Vegas. And for as long as I can remember now, they've been held in L.A. Um, and they were moved uh, because of COVID-19. Uh, this year's show was moved from from uh, July in its normal slot to June. It just aired last, uh, last weekend. And it was not held, obviously, in front of a live audience. Uh, uh, it was a terrific show. It still recognized uh, some individual in it and in, in team athletic achievements, which is its intention. But it really recognized uh, people who uh, are making special contributions, people who have a relationship to the to sports world, uh, but who are making uh, and having an impact, uh, whether it's dealing uh, with COVID-19 or whether it's uh, now dealing with the uh, issues of, uh, or, you know, uh, social injustice, uh, racial equality, uh, and so forth. So it was a very different show this year. Everybody might not know who's listening to this that ESPY, people wonder where it gets its name, and it, and it obviously dovetails nicely with ESPN, but it's, it's a bit of a tortured acronym. But ESPY actually stands for Excellence in Sports Performance Yearly. Uh, and again, it was intended to, as I said earlier, recognize uh, individual and team achievements but more so now, it celebrates the big iconic moments in sports. It honors the trailblazers from all realms of the sports world uh, and through the many different uh, awards it has from, obviously, the, the, the very first ESPYs was held in 1993. It was there that Jim Valvano, while accepting the very first Arthur Ashe Award for Courage, made his infamous uh, speech, um, and one that will... Uh, remain, and I think throughout time, as one of the greatest speeches ever given. I can just tell you anecdotally that uh, I heard this from many times from my friend Dick Vitale, who was with uh, Jimmy that night. He and Coach Krzyzewski helped Jim Valvano get to New York, uh, where the ESPYs was held that year, the very first, the inaugural ESPYs in 1993, um, helped him get to the uh, to the uh, Madison Square Garden in the theater where, where the uh, program was held, um, he was not expected to speak 
uh, it was remarkable given his failing health at the time that he was even able to be in New York and to be in the audience. Uh, but speak he did for just over 11 minutes with some themes that have, I think, endured uh, forever. You, you know, to, to, to live and laugh and cry and to think every day, um, uh, to talk about how cancer uh, could take away all his physical abilities but would never touch his mind, his heart, or his soul. Uh, and then to finish that speech with, uh, with a cry that is now the mantra of the V Foundation, which is, uh, don't give up, don't ever give up. But he was not supposed to speak, which is what I still think is most remarkable. There was no prepared uh, remarks on a piece of paper. There was nothing loaded in a teleprompter. He got on that stage, and for 11-plus minutes, knowing that it was probably the last opportunity he would have to address an audience like that, uh, he did speak, and boy, did he speak from the heart that night. It was pretty special. I do think that Jim Balbano's speech that night, kind of like you mentioned, that will never go away. That'll be out there for many, many years, and my kids and their kids and everybody else, that, that clip will still be alive and well, uh, which it should be. And, again, I find another thing fascinating is that all these people that you're around that, you know, everybody doesn't really get to be around and, and see that side of the people. Like, for example, I mean, you post pictures with fascinating people. And after the ESPYs is over, there's always a little party, and, and, and you're sitting with the likes of Brett Favre and many others. How cool is that? Yeah, it, honestly, the ESPYs is, a, is special. I've been able to share it with my son many, many years. I had two sons-in-law who've attended. Last year, knowing that uh, that I was coming off the ABC board, uh, uh, the, the top executives at ESPN were kind enough to invite me uh, uh, to, and to bring my entire family. So, uh, the, so all, all of my kids and their significant others and my wife and I um, had just a, a real uh, special, uh, if not glorious, time. Uh, we had, it, it, the ESPYs pre-party uh, may uh, it may always be the highlight. Uh, the party the night before the ESPYs, and then you have the red carpet the next day, and the ESPYs show itself, and then there is a post-party. But that that pre-party is where the athletes uh, show up, uh, ready to have fun, ready to let their hair down. I've always been. I've always found it a re remarkable, Tyler, uh, to attend those, those whether it's a pre- or a post-ESPYs party where athletes are gathered. And you don't stop and think how some of the greatest athletes of our time, uh, as, as famous as they are uh, and as accomplished as they are, don't know each other very well. They don't have the opportunity. And I remember being at a party where, where uh, Aaron Rodgers was talking to Derek Jeter uh, and then a couple of NBA players came over, um, and they had never met before. And to see those people engage uh, with each other and, and very candidly engage each other as fans, uh, to, to see Aaron Rodgers be a fan of Derek Jeter uh, and to see uh, Alex Rodriguez came into the conversation and so forth um, is, is, uh, is pretty, as you put it, it's pretty cool to stand back and observe um, so it's special. You know, last year's ESPYs pre-party was hosted by Gronk and his brothers, um, and I, I have never seen anybody enjoy the ESPYs more than Rob Gronkowski. Um, a few many years ago, we were at, at the pool atop the Ritz-Carlton, right down in L.A. Live, where the ESPYs are, 
Uh, and the only people in that rooftop pool were the Gronkowski family and the Cole family. Uh, and Rob's dad and I uh, uh, sat, sat to the side uh, and watched these boys in the pool. And the Gronkowski boys, three of whom were playing in the NFL at the time, people don't realize there were four brothers. Uh, the youngest brother at that time was uh, playing at Kansas State. And Robin had two brothers playing in the NFL, just not with the at the level he played and the notoriety he gained in his career. But to, to see these boys in the pool, uh, they were like 12-year-olds. It was the darndest thing. And then if I fast forward to the red carpet that night, um, uh, Rob, Rob Gronkowski comes over and he says, hey, you got to watch what we're going to do. And those four boys cleared the red carpet. And, and you've got to know there's camera crews set all the way up and down here, and everybody knows what, wants to know what's going on. They cleared the red carpet, and you know how you do an old-fashioned wheelbarrow race. Oh, yeah. <laughs> two, two brothers took on two other brothers in a wheelbarrow race all the way up the red carpet. And it's safe to say that they had some dollars put aside in the form of a bet, a little wager, on <laughs> which set of brothers was going to win that race. I, I have never seen anything so comical in my life. So all that by way of saying uh, the ESPYs uh, is something uh, that has been a uh, uh, that will always be a special uh, set of memories for me, uh, and to to see different things take place every year. But it does come back to the ESPY show and those serious awards. To see someone like my my dear friend Robin Roberts receive the Arthur Ashe Award for Courage. Uh, to see the late Stuart Scott receive the Jimmy V Award for Perseverance. What's amazing to that to me is that the first ESPYs that I attended, Robin Roberts and Stuart Scott were presenters of the Jimmy V Award for Perseverance that year. Uh, and, then to, and, and then years later, each of them are honored with those top awards. Uh, and so it, 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 the storytelling that goes on there is amazing. It was I need to share this. It was 10 years ago next month in July that the uh, Thomas family from Parkersburg, Honor, uh, Iowa, rather, was honored with that top award, the Art Ash Award for Courage. Um, and it was my special privilege to nominate that, uh, them for that award. They were not a typical nominee. Uh, I thought it was probably a long shot, but one, uh, you know, sort of a Hail Mary pass worth throwing. Uh, and sure enough, uh, the, the people uh, at ESPN uh, who make those selections agreed that to honor the Thomas family, uh, whose, whose husband and father and grandfather uh, had been tragically murdered uh, the, the summer before, uh, that they were deserving of the Arthur Ashe Award for Courage. What I said in my nomination uh, in my presentation was that courage can manifest itself in many ways, but perhaps the, the courage to forgive may be one uh, of the most remarkable. Uh, and it was a, uh, a special story. That video that was, um, uh, that was aired during the show and shown in the theater as part of the presentation, uh, to this day is the longest-running video clip in ESPY's history. Uh, it was a long story how Coach Thomas led his community back from the devastating effects of an EF5 tornado. Uh, his, the story of his tragic murder. The fact that he had, at that time, four players uh, of his from Applington Parkersburg playing in the NFL. How he had been named NFL Coach of the Year. Uh, all of that story 
you know, if, if it was a Hollywood script, you would say it was overdone. That can't all be true. Um, but it was quite true. You mentioned Brett Favre earlier. Uh, Brett Favre was the presenter uh, for that award to the Thomas family. He introduced the video, presented the award itself to Aaron Thomas, his brother Todd, and their mother Jan. Um, I, we were with, your, your father-in-law and I were actually with Brett Favre on the red carpet where, where John Walters uh, interviewed Brett Favre that night before the show. And the question was, why did you want to be here tonight and be a part of that presentation? And the answer was, and you'll relate to this, because of your father and your grandfather, the reason that he wanted to be there, he had never met, he had never met Coach Thomas, okay? But he knew Aaron Campman, a teammate of his with the Green Bay Packers, and he knew of the other three players in the NFL, and he knew of the impact that Coach Thomas had had on high school kids. And how did he know that? Because his father was a high school football coach. He was his high school football coach. And he said, I wanted to be a part of this presentation uh, when I learned the story about Coach Ed Thomas. So, again, really, really special. Uh, it, it'll be 10 years ago next month um, uh, that that award was presented uh, very deservedly uh, to the Ed Thomas family. That is some powerful stuff right there and stuff that, you know, I think that people would be very interested in listening to. Again, I want to tie in um, Coach's First Cancer event uh, held virtually uh, this year, July 8th. And how do people, I mean, how can they, do you got to buy a, buy a login or, or, or how do they go about that? No, they, they can attend this uh, virtual gala, this wonderful virtual event. Uh, I told someone uh, recently that uh, this event is always a special event, usually held out at uh, uh, Prairie Meadows here in Des Moines. It's, it's disappointing that we can't get everybody together with those four coaches in person. But the good uh, news, the, the, the silver lining is, is that, People from around the state, including people in northwest Iowa, Sioux City, all the way over to, to the Quad Cities on the other side of the state, who might not have taken the time to travel to Des Moines to attend that event in person, can now attend the event, quote-unquote, attend the event uh, virtually. And they can get uh, all the information they need, Tyler, uh, by going to coachesversuscancergala.com. And again, versus is abbreviated. So it's coaches, V-S, cancer, gala.com. And if you're into Facebook, just go to facebook.com backslash uh, C-V-C, like coaches versus cancer, C-V-C, Iowa. So facebook.com backslash C-V-C, Iowa. So whether it's on Facebook or just on the website, coaches versus cancer, uh, cancer, gala.com, all the information they would need and want uh, can be found there. Well, I really do appreciate you taking time uh, talking about your unique stories and, and people that you've been around. And, again, I just can't thank you enough. Thank you, Tyler. Good luck with this new little venture of yours. Uh, good luck with your, uh, your own coaching career. Uh, I love hearing from you and, and, your, and, and Raz. And, and every now and then I catch up with that little relative down of yours down in the uh, in Omaha with the Creighton basketball program. Uh, when we had that ABC station in Providence, uh, uh, when Creighton would travel to Providence uh, to play the Friars, uh, I would frequently meet up with him and Greg McDermott and, and Darren DeVries, who's uh, now the coach at Drake, uh, 
back in those days was still an you know one of the top assistants at at uh, Creighton and Craig, um, and it was always fun seeing them. Uh, it's fun seeing these coaches uh, grow through their careers like Darren is, uh, and it's fun to see to to end the note on where we started. It's it, it's not just fun, but it's it's really special to see coaches like Chrome, McCaffrey, DeVries, Jacobson. Uh, take time to support a cause like Coaches Versus Cancer, uh, where the work they do is so important. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, again, thank you for taking the time, and we really appreciate it. Good luck, my friend. Be well, and say hello to Tim Seaman and all my friends there in the Sioux City area. I will. Thank you. Okay, buddy. Take care. Bye. That was awesome. Thank you so much.